0: In today's episode we're speaking to Tara Newman. Tara Newman is a high performance coach on a mission to help business owners generate significant revenue so they can pay themselves well, profit wisely, and create real tangible wealth for themselves. She has coached high performing women and men over the last 20 years, from New York from New York Times bestsellers and TEDx speakers to tech executives and multi-millionaire CEOs. As a creator of the science-driven CEO Debrief, The Slow Method, The Boldest Offer, and the EMS Framework for Emotional Resilience in Entrepreneurship, she infuses everything she does with systems of success and science of human performance. Let's be to Tara and find out how she changed her life by changing her mindset. Let's find out. I'm your host, Girl Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Girl Khan, your money mindset expert. And guess what? We
1: have the amazing, the gorgeous, the wonderful, the stupendous, amazing Tara Newman with us. Welcome, Tara. Thanks for having me, Gol. And with that kind of introduction, I'm just gonna come back more
0: often. <laughs> oh, you need to. You are such it. an amazing, such an amazing individual. I am blown away with what you've achieved and what you've done. So, I mean, everyone's heard from the intro who and what you are, but do tell us everybody in your own words what it is that you do, Tara.
1: Sure. I, for, for me, I'm really looking to start a bold money revolution where specifically women, but men and women look at money um, instead of taboo, but as the ultimate tool for freedom and change, both personal and social.
0: Fabulous. And I this is why we've resonated the country so well because I'm a money person. I love talking, teaching about money, and allowing people, actually making people make become friends with money, because that's my that's my thing. So we've, you know, we've heard the intro. We know what you you've achieved so much, Tara, but let's start from the beginning. How did you end up here? What, what, what you know, where did you start? Start from the beginning.
1: Uh, you know, there's a couple of beginning points for me, but mm. I am going to start. With my money journey, because I Mm -hmm. think that's the most relevant to your audience. And my money journey actually started when my first business failed and we went bankrupt. Right, and for five years we were struggling to get this business started up. It was a multiple six-figure manufacturing startup mm. where we were making um, plastic parts mm. for various different industries, and it was very expensive. It was in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, and then we started to get into the recession, two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine. Mm. And by two thousand and ten, we were declaring bankruptcy. But during this time, where we were really struggling financially, and I felt like my back was up against the wall. Someone threw me the book "The Secret," mm-hmm. and um, it was like the right book at the right time. Right. right, and that's where I started really learning about the law of attraction and how, more so, like how how you th- how you think and what you believe has an impact on what you are able to accomplish and receive. Mm-hmm. And it all started really small where we were literally didn't have money to pay for groceries. I had two little kids, um, you know, we were starting to get behind on the mortgage and uh, like once a month I would sell all of my belongings because we were really successful before and we had lots of nice things, Hmm. but I would sell things in a garage sale and I would sit there and I would just believe that this was going to be like the highest producing garage sale Hmm. anybody has ever seen. And while my neighbors were having garage sales and making like pennies, we were having garage sales and making hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that allowed us to make ends meet, and um, you know, really kind of hang in there until we were able to come to some kind of resolution around the situation, which was ultimately bankruptcy. But
0: hmm. okay, so that's quite a journey itself. So going, coming, going towards bankruptcy, and we can see that you were going there, and then coming out. So how, you know, once you did, once you did file for bankruptcy, how did you work on your mindset? How did it come out the other end? Because bankruptcy is not just the fact that it financially, you, you know, your your bank statements in the red, and you have this name, you know, this tag against your name, you know, you know, who's someone who filed bankruptcy. It's also a mental block. It's a mental thing as well. So, how did you overcome that?
1: Um, you know, I think it was it was probably it was very emotional. Mm. You know, it was a lot of it was a lot of trauma mm.
0: around
1: around those things and you know, there was just a lot for me, my way of navigating my mind or my mental space is around journaling. Right. So it was really me having a habit and a practice of having a place to go to kind of unload what was happening in my mind so I could see it clearly on paper and make different choices.
0: Right. Okay. So that was an outlet for you. Journaling was an outlet for you
1: it was. And, you know, for me around mindset, it's funny because people will say to me, well, I just don't believe that to be true. Like, I don't believe the thing that I'm, I need to believe, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't believe that money comes easily and frequently. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that checks are just going to show up in the mail. I don't believe that money comes from unexpected Mm -hmm. sources, Yeah, sources, right? Like, I just don't believe that. And I'm like, totally get it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. That's, it's hard to believe until you have the evidence of the fact that it is true. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's always been about, and, you know, I'm a very practical minded person, but I'm also very energetic. Mm -hmm. I have, um, you know, a master's degree and something very practical and I have an advanced certification in Reiki. Mm -hmm. Right. So I kind of can toe in both Mm -hmm. both places and really cross that bridge and like bridge that gap for people. So for me, it was a lot about rep- repetition mm. and looking for evidence.
0: I think that I think that's what most people fail on because they they read all these books and they try and they they supposedly are creating their life, but they don't because they don't see the evidence on the external world or show up as rapidly as they would like. That's when doubt creeps in, and that's what stops them either taking action or you know, for my experiences, and this is what I teach. Is if you every time you put you know have a doubt about um, that thing appearing, you're pushed it, you've pushed it further away. It takes that much longer for it to show up in your 3D world, and then the longer it takes for it to show up, the more doubt creeps in, and that's why you end up sometimes not appearing in the old 3D world. And hence, people saying, Well, I, I went to manifest 5,000 and end up losing 10,000. This is very common, but this is the reason why. What's your experience with this?
1: You know, so what really kind of exploded in a really good way, mm. my ability to change my mindset and to see these things was to get around other people, because right. then I could borrow evidence of it being true. Yes. That's well, a if it's right true way. for them, yeah. it has then to it could be for true for me. Mm. Right. And to believe that if it's true for them, then it's true for me. And, but also, there's evidence that we deny like we push it away mm. like we don't we we refuse to see evidence even well, when you it's explain right in front of our, yeah right away. even if it's right in front of our face like i mean you could find a dollar bill on the floor and choose to see that as evidence or choose to see that as no big deal mm. it's not because it's not the thousands of dollars that i wanted yeah so therefore it's not true mm. right so i think that I've actually not been a naturally curious person, but that has been a competency that I've had to build is like curiosity, mm. experimentation, really widening my perspective on what's mm. possible. So if you want to make, make money every day and you take a look at a month where there's 30 days and you make 30 sales in one day, but you don't make one sale every day, is that still true? did you make money every day? Technically you made 30 sales. You can say that you made money every day. Mm. Right. Or you can look at that or you can say, listen, I made 30 sales. That's amazing. Mm. Right. Or you can look at that and be like, well, I didn't make the one sale a day for 30 days. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and so you have to really change how you see things and Mm. how they come to you. And like, also like things would come through my partner and I'd be like, well, they're not mine. They came through yeah, him. because They came through him. Yeah. I, I, this
0: is something that I see quite often that when you, you get things through your partners, well, I wanted to manifest it myself, but the universe gives it to you in the most easiest and direct possible. And if it's through your partner, sometimes it's easier to do it through the partner than it is through you. But people would not recognize that. Well, that's his, not mine. But a lot of people, if they are, if you, one person is the financial provider, if you are looking for a manifesting money, money usually comes from that person then because they may get a bonus or they get a you know, windfall or they are, if they're trading, they, they make a big profit, so forth,
1: right? Yeah. And I think for me too, it's okay to not believe and it's okay to feel fear and it's okay to feel anxious. But if you use that as an opportunity to step into feeling the other way, So for example, we, because we went bankrupt and because we've had this experience, I tend to sometimes get a little tight fisted with money. Mm. I I could be a little, like a bit of a hoarder Mm. with my money and I I don't love letting it, I don't always love it, letting it go or trust that it's going to come back. But anyway, we, we went and we bought a whole bunch of living room furniture and I love a good deal. We got a great deal from Pottery Barn. We were going to put it on our Pottery Barn credit card. So we still had cash flows. Both my husband and I own our own businesses. And we were going to do like, you know, when they do the 0% financing, but for whatever reason, we couldn't get the amount of money that we needed for the furniture. And we had to pay for it in cash. And I freaked out. And I was like up at night and I was like super worried about like, we were laying out all this cash. And I literally got up at 2.30 in the morning and put on a pot of coffee. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here and take every fear and every negative belief and flip it around. I'm going to use it as the catalyst for the opposite of what I want because mm-hmm. I don't want fear and anxiety. So I sat there and I, I flipped it all around again in my journal because I am I write and I just write and I like repetitive writing. There's something about the kinesthetic movement mm-hmm. of writing something over and over and over again. Yep. That's, yep. that's actually very calming for your nervous system, which is actually calming your nervous system is the money game. Mm. so you can receive. Um, so it's very calming for me. And my husband gets up and he's like, wow, you've been up all night. The coffee mm-hmm. went on early. And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, he says, I, I have a meeting today with the life insurance guy. It's that time of year. It's around his birthday. He's like, In, you know, we have to make some changes. And I actually think we're going to get some money when I change over my mm. um, accounts. So don't worry about it. It's fine calls me he got the exact amount of money to pay for the furniture back from when he switched over his life insurance accounts.
0: How fabulous is that?
1: I have so many stories like that, but it's for sure one of the most bananas stories, right? And it's because I didn't allow, I, yes, it's okay to feel those things, mm-hmm. but do you have the tools and the patience to sit and feel the opposite? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, can you think, get, can you yeah. move yourself? Can you use the negative feeling as a pathway mm. to the positive place?
0: Oh, I love that. I think I completely agree with you because you know, one's going to put, feel hundred percent of the time in, in this elated, happy, you know, and uh, really abundant feeling that we want to have, you know, to get the law of attraction, especially when it comes to money to work in that way. But this is where you fall onto the 80-20 rule. If 80% of the time you can feel that way and the 20% of the time when you do feel like crap, how rapidly, how quickly can you go back into the abundance mode? And what tools do you have to take yourself there? And also the discipline, you just mentioned patience. I think more than patience is the discipline. You need to have the discipline to implement them. One of the things I teach is cord cutting. And if you feel negative towards someone else about something very rapidly, you should be cutting cords. But people know that, but they don't do it. And I'm I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I talk my times. Too. My daughter has told me, mom, just cut cords and just let it go. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, <laughs> I'll talk you well. It's a good reminder myself. And I instantly cut cords and I'll move on. But that's the thing, isn't it? Whether you're, you have the discipline to take the right action when you are feeling them, right?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, and I think that some people think that, you know, money mindset or having an energetic, positive, energetic experience with abundance or whatever you want to call it means that you don't ever feel the other way. But it's, it's always been my truth that because I felt the other way, I was able to get my, I was able to bring myself to a more positive, more abundant place because I decided I didn't want to feel that way anymore. Mm -hmm. I decided that that feeling really doesn't feel great. Yeah. Right. And, and then I was able to shift. That's why I actually like things like frustration and, and, and feelings like that, because it's, it's, it's an immediate uh, warning bell to me to make change. It's a choice. I don't have to feel this way.
0: Yeah. But this is, this comes over time of knowing, uh, knowing and recognizing those feelings and being aware of them, being consciously aware of them. A lot of the time, most people are unconscious of their um, their feelings towards money, on the, and they just feel low, and they don't exactly know why, and mm-hmm. they're just feeling low. Whereas I think when you get to a certain point, when you when you start unpacking your emotions, you realize I'm feeling low because I'm nervous or stressed or or anxious about money coming in and making the ends meet, or making this bill payment or that business payment and so forth. And money tends to play in most people's minds. of the time, that's what I found with people. Even those who don't admit it are constantly thinking about it. In in today's day and age, unfortunately, money plays a major part in your life and you have to give it the importance, but in the right context. What would you say about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that we, I think probably one of the most important things is understanding our relationship to money and Mm. all of the threads that come with that. So it's not even... And realizing that it's not even your relationship with money, it's your parents' relationship with money (laughs) or family members' relationships with money um it could be generational trauma mm-hmm. or story that comes up i mean the beliefs that my father has about money come from my great grandparents mm-hmm. and like having to really understand their story and why they felt that way about mm-hmm. money and then how that's been passed down and it's is that true for is that true mm-hmm. for me do i want that to be true for me mm-hmm you know, and realizing where I have agency to rewrite the story mm-hmm. and to be whatever I want it to be. Yeah, And I'm saying this 16 years later, mm-hmm. right. And I just, I so want your, your listeners to hear that, that it's, it's actually, while things can shift quickly, when you change the way you think about something, there is a longevity and an endurance. Yeah. And a and a lifetime habit and practice behind this that's so rich and, and rewarding.
0: Hmm. I mean, I, I agree with that completely because I think this. It, I, I think people are not aware or don't give themselves the time to um, to to even look back upon their parents. I this this thing you just mentioned about you know, the, the parents' story, I call it the you know, earliest money paradigm. And you get that from your, your parents and they've got it from their parents and they've got it from their parents. It, it, car- it carries on generation after generation after generation. And it's subconscious programming until someone like you and I can come along and say, look, this is your money story. This is your subconscious programming. People are not even aware of it. It's just part of the paradigm. So and, and as you wrote, paradigms are there that you don't even question those beliefs. That's just how things are. And until you recognize like, actually everything, those paradigms are just beliefs too. they have just been reinforced time and time again, through generation after generation after generation, we can change all of these beliefs. And this is when you should first recognize, become aware of, and only then can you go about changing them and rewriting your money story. No.
1: Yeah. I think, And I think people get so stuck in shame about it. Yeah. Right. And so it closes them down and they don't want to talk mm. about it and they don't you know, like Brene Brown will say, like shine a spotlight on it. They just want to hide it inside Mm. themselves. And, and there it makes really hard to make progress that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, if, if people can realize that, um, Mark Wolin has a book called it didn't start with you, I think is the name of the book. It's about generational trauma and epigenetics. Mm -hmm. And like, if you can realize that this isn't about you, it's about so much about your lineage. It's so much about society's perspective on money and the conditioning that you've had growing up, and that it's not about you, but that you have the power to change it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think this is the key. But, you know, this is why, you know, I think when people come and work with me, I spend a long time on, on the earliest money paradigm, apart from it was the first thing, forgiveness. But after that, the, the very next topic after forgiveness is the earliest money paradigm. This is the reason for it because most people are walking around with their subconscious programming and then they are bashing their head against the wall when it comes to not being able to, you know, do well in business and, and, and or, you know, if the if parents had a financial trauma, they would repeat the same situation. And I myself actually created my whole mother's exact life in my lifetime. And which was for me, instead of becoming the victim about it, I used that as a, oh, really? I did this? Oh my goodness. Oh dear. um And there's like a light bulb moment. And I realized if I could create this, yep. what else can I create? You know, that was the springboard for me, but that's the difference, you know, of, of being, of becoming aware of the spiritual laws of, of, everything not just money but everything and realizing how you can change now let's talk about about your your business again so once you're a you know once you had filed for the bankruptcy how did you come back out how did you you know build your business again And, and how did you go from building you know that kind of business to now working with people on the money
1: yeah so um that business was really like my husband's primary business, although mm-hmm. I was a partner in it. And I maintained my corporate role while he was um, getting that business going because it was the only stable income that we had coming in. We declared bankruptcy. We started all over. He went back to work for somebody else. He's now working for himself. And then um, I remember when when we declared bankruptcy, I, the only thing I ever wanted to do was own my own business. Mm-hmm. Like when my parents asked me, my dad was a business owner. When my parents asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said in charge. Like, that's it. Like, I just wanted to own my own business. And I went to school um, for industrial organizational psychology, which is actually a very complicated way of saying the study of human behavior at work in business. Wow. (laughs) Um, And so... I had gone into a corporate setting because I wanted to work with leaders. I wanted to work in a large business, Mm -hmm. see how it worked. So I could then go and start my own coaching consulting practice. Um, And when my husband declared bankruptcy, we declared bankruptcy. I I said to him, I said, you ruined my life. I'm never going to be able to start my own business now. Like, how do I do this? I can't, I can't even access credit. Like I have, this is all cash. Mm -hmm for mm-hmm. 10 years. like We eventually rebuilt our, our credit. That's not 100% true. You do get credit. It's just not as easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's certainly not anything you could build a business off of. Mm-hmm. But I did. In, in 2000, the end of 2014, I started um, my current business supporting small business owners. Um, it's kind of morphed over the years. And I've really... Over time, gained confidence and was able to really look at what my zone of genius has been. And so now we support uh, female experts uh, in running service-based businesses that are high-ticket, premium services, whatever, however you like to call it so that they can significantly increase their income and we give them the ability the the know-how to create the offers and programs to help them step out of one-on-one work we give them the sales skills which is something that most women don't have and mm-hmm. shy away from as well as I'm a profit I'm a certified profit first so we give them the practical skills to manage their money because that is also something that's really missing. So, you know, really the practical and the mindset pieces. Fabulous. Fabulous.
0: Okay. So that's, that, that brings us nicely to an end of how you, where you were and how you crossed over to became um, an expert on, on money and helping and what you currently do. And that, that explains what you, the affection and the, the interest in money mindset, which is wonderful. All right. So, this has been a really, really interesting conversation, Tara. I think we have to have you back on MindTalk. because I think we need to carry on the conversation, probably more in depth about, um, about certain aspects that we, I think topics we touched on today. But for the time being, do you, do you have anything that you want to leave everybody with as a, as a parting comment?
1: You know, I think that when it comes to your, your money mindset, I just want to remind everybody that it's really the compounding effect over time. Mm. The more you believe, the more you believe, Yes. the more you find evidence, the more you find evidence, right? And to really stick with it in, you know, depending on where you are in your journey, you might be feeling any kind of frustration and that's okay. But really when you, when you stick with it for the long haul is when there's so much benefit.
0: Wonderful.
1: Wonderful. That's absolutely lovely. And I completely agree with that. This is
0: what has been my experience as well the more it, it becomes spiraling upwards and the more evidence you see the more reasons you create to, you know, to have the evidence in front of you so it, it's a you can either spiral upwards or spiral downwards and let's let's all spiral upwards so tara quickly tell us where can we find you on the internet how can we connect with you
1: I have a podcast called the Bold Money Revolution Podcast and I hang out on Instagram. I'm at the Tara Newman.
0: Okay, wonderful. So both the link for Tara's um, podcast and her IG, um, actually all her links will be in the available for you guys. Now so if you're listening to this podcast, um listening to this podcast, then you will find them, all the links and all the details in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube then down below, in the description section, you will have all Tara's link. Do check her out. She's awesome. And I'm going to check out her podcast myself because I'm quite interested in what she has said. She's fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Tara, for being such an amazing guest for us. Thank you for having me on goal. Thank you. And for those listening, thank you so much for joining me today. And Tara, I will be back with another Friday Future segment with another amazing guest sharing how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website